Hello, and welcome to the Pragmatic Live podcast series, where we tackle the biggest challenges facing today's product management and marketing professionals with some of the best minds in the industry. I'm Rebecca Kalajaris, Vice President of Pragmatic Marketing and your host. Today, we're joined by Jim Semick, Founder and Chief Strategist at Product Plan. Hello, Jim, and thanks for joining us today. Hi, Rebecca. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, Jim, uh, in December, you and I did a very popular webinar on five ways to nail your strategic product roadmap. Uh, over 700 people joined us for that event, and we got a lot of great questions. So many questions, in fact, that we weren't able to tackle them all in our webinar. But you've been gracious enough to come back today and help us tackle those questions. But before we do, I thought perhaps you could give us a brief overview of what you mean by a strategic product roadmap and how that might differ from what our audience is using today. Yeah, that's a great question. And the webinar showed me that product roadmaps are really a, uh, a really popular topic. And it's because every product manager needs to be working on a product roadmap. And everyone seems to be doing it a little bit differently. And a lot of product managers think about a product roadmap as a list of features, or perhaps even as the backlog of what they'll be developing. And we think about product roadmaps a little bit differently at Product Plan. Um, we think about it as a way to communicate the strategy. And we think of product roadmaps as a way of visualizing and communicating what you're going to be building. And the uh, audience for those roadmaps are often the stakeholders and executives. And those folks don't really need a detailed list of everything you'll be developing, but rather they need to think about a roadmap as a little bit higher level. Um, and, and they need to understand the why behind what you're going to be developing. And so in, in our mind, a, a strategic product roadmap is something that is uh, quite a bit higher level than what you might find in uh, a product backlog or a feature list or some detailed spreadsheet. Um, and so we think about the um, a strategy as, as I said, the why behind what you're going to be building. And that is based on what the company's goals are or the product's goals. And so that's what we mean by a, a strategic product roadmap. Excellent. And one of the things that you mentioned in the webinar was that um, the strategic product roadmap all starts with a product vision. And we had some questions from the audience around what's some tools or tips that you have around how to define and share that vision. Yeah, that's that's a good one. And a lot of product managers go to work at companies that this this vision has already been defined. It was defined by the executive team or it was defined by the, the company's founders. And so they essentially have been handed this vision. And we think about the product vision as a long-term, it's a very long-term view of where you ultimately want to take your product. And so the, the product vision is, uh, it can be a very short statement about the big problem that you're going to be solving or where you're going to be taking a product, and it can often be as short as a paragraph. Um, and so the, the product vision is something that really doesn't change over time. And then the product strategy is, uh, it, it shows how you're going to be achieving that product vision. So the product strategy might be something like, uh, we're going to improve customer satisfaction, or we're going to increase sales, or we're going to expand our geographic reach. So it's a way of implementing or executing on that 
that product vision. And the product vision, of course, depends on the, the product that you're, that you're working on. Um, but it, the product vision is often this multi-year goal of where you want to be. And in, in terms of in terms of tools, um, you know, I, there, there aren't any specific tools for developing that product vision. It really is handed often from, you know, from the top on down, um, often by the the company's original founders um, that that will define that vision. And um, and if your company doesn't have that sort of vision statement, um, you know, I encourage product managers to take an active role in that to to coordinate the executives and and corral them and and get them to. Talk about that that product vision. Let's define that product vision, and then from there, your product goals and your company goals can flow out. That makes a lot of sense, and I think given that definition of vision as something that is kind of your your star, which always guides you, that the brevity that you talk about, that it could be as short of as as a paragraph, could be a really. It's probably a goal is to make it as short by and still being meaningful as possible. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And and so just. If you think about um, using our company as an example, um, product plan, we think about it as the easiest way to plan, visualize, and communicate a company's product strategy. So that's our our way of thinking about our product vision. Um, and, and that came from the original founding of the company. And we have a ways to go to fully execute on that vision. I would say that we we are an easy way to plan and visualize, communicate. But but you know, how do we how do we get there? How do we fulfill that vision? And that's where our internal product goals come into play. Um, our way of you know creating more delighted customers, for example. Um, our way of uh, helping product managers better visualize and communicate their roadmaps. Um, and so so it all feeds down into these. It stems from the product vision, and then it goes into these product goals, and then from there you can define your backlog and releases and the stories and the features, and then you get even more granular, and that's when you develop this release plan of what you're going to be building. Right. All right. So you've got this great product vision, right? You've got some goals. Where do you get inputs in from when you start to get down to goals and strategies and, and, and some of the things you're going to put on your roadmap? Where do you get input from, and how do you elicit that input? Right. Yeah, that's uh, that's a great one, and I, I I think it's important for product managers to take a leading role in creating um, these product goals. Um, the uh, and, and often this can be a an annual planning process. Um, and so I think about I think about product goals as they're they're still longer term, and they're still higher level. I use the example of before of uh, improving customer satisfaction. So this is a kind of a higher level goal. It's, it's important to um, not try to do everything when you're creating these, these product goals and the product strategy. It's important not to you know, list everything in, that's possible, but rather try to narrow it down. What are the four or five things that we're going to be accomplishing this, this year? Um, and of course, every company is different. Um, but you know, for example, it might be improving mobile adoption if you have mobile apps, or maybe if your uh, company is growing and you need to sell more to enterprises, so you might be expanding and moving upstream into different customer customer types or customer segments, that might be a, a product goal. And uh, so it, I think it, the, the product manager can, can get together with the executives and start to define those. And again, they're, they're higher level uh, strategic goals, but then you need to 
be able to measure those. So, uh, for example, if you're um, if your goal is to improve customer satisfaction or you know create more customer delight, well, there needs to be a way of measuring that. Maybe you can measure it uh, based on engagement with your application, or maybe you can measure it on uh, a survey such as Net Promoter Score. Um, and so, at Product Line, we use Net Promoter Score, and it's a way of measuring from period to period whether we're whether we're improving customer uh, customer delight um, and customer loyalty. So so that's a way of it's through those KPIs and and other metrics you can um, you can track whether you're achieving those goals. So that's the second part of creating the the strategy. And again, these are um, you know these are longer term initiatives that you're working on. I you know it's creating customer satisfaction isn't something that you can do on a quarterly basis. It really needs to be over the long term. So then the suggestions in terms of how you would achieve those goals, right? So you could do customer satisfaction in all kinds of ways, right? We could fly you, Jim, out to sit next to your customer every time they build a roadmap. Uh, they could be super satisfied by that. <laughs> right. or, um, but how do you sort of prioritize among the different options to solve it? That one's pretty unreasonable, but there's probably six, mm -hmm. seven different aspects of that that you could reasonably tackle at once. And how do you determine which ones to tackle first? Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Um, so a product manager is at the crossroads of all of this information coming in from the marketplace, from competitors, from um, from their customers, uh, internal stakeholders have, have suggestions and their own priorities. And so um, a, a lot of it is the, the product manager needing to sift through all of that and determine what's important. Um, and uh, I'll, give, I'll give you an example. Um, I previously worked for a, a B2B software company uh, and uh, it created accounting software. And the, um, at any given time, there were all of these pressures, both internally and externally, to produce more features. Um, we had different customer segments that were acquiring or asking for different reports and features and so on. And, um, and so at, at any given time, uh, we had a number of initiatives that we were working on uh, that year. And uh, so because it was an accounting package, the accountant persona was really important to, to please. And so an ongoing goal uh, for, the, for the product was to improve customer satisfaction over time. And that, that company used Net Promoter Score as a way of measuring. Um, and they actually measured the Net Promoter Score by persona. And so the accountants, for example, we saw a trend that they weren't as satisfied as other uh, users uh, of the product. And so for a particular for a particular year, we said, well, we're going to specifically focus on improving customer satisfaction, on improving the net promoter score for that accountant role. So the um, so that's one way of thinking about how to define the goals that you might have. The, the, company's, the company's objectives are to perhaps improve sales or perhaps to in, increase geographic reach or to you know, reduce churn or you know, it could be any number of things. And from there, from those high-level company goals, you can start to define what those product goals are. Those product goals might be a little more specific. For example, um, if your company is increasing their penetration of the enterprise market, well, the enterprise market has certain requirements. They might have feature needs. They might have performance needs. They might have requirements such as, you know, a more robust API so they can integrate with your product. Um, and so from that, 
you can start to define these more specific goals. So you have all these goals and you, and you get done to the tactics. How do we prioritize those? Yeah, yeah. So the, so the prioritization is, uh, is a tricky one uh, because there are a number of different ways to prioritize initiatives. Um, so with those big picture initiatives, trying to pick the right one uh, is a little, it's, it's quite a bit like an art. And stakeholders might have their, their own needs. So you might mm-hmm. do some of your prioritization around what, what stakeholders are requiring. Um, now, there are different techniques for prioritizing initiatives and, and even features. Um, in, in product plan, for example, we have a scoring model. So you can score different initiatives based on benefit versus cost. And there are other models out there. The Cano model, for example, is uh, it's K-A-N-O. And that's another uh, model for thinking through how you want to be prioritizing features and initiatives. But when you're defining what the, the strategic goals are, like what are the four or five big things that we're going to be accomplishing? It's really difficult and probably even doing a disservice to apply a scoring model to that um, because you know this is where um, this is where the magic happens in product management that you're you know you're you're needing to take into account so many things that can't be I guess defined by a scoring model you're needing to you know uh, in, uh, integrate political pressures internally you're needing to look at the competitive marketplace and think about Okay, what are the things that are going to really make my product stand out two years from now? And so to, you know, to apply a prioritization model to, to that sort of big picture thinking, I think is a little bit of a, of a disservice. Um, but when it comes down to actually saying, okay, so we want to improve customer satisfaction, what are the dozen features that we're going to implement or initiatives that we're going to have to help improve customer satisfaction? Well, then a scoring model is a really great way of doing it. And at least it's a way of having a conversation with the stakeholders mm-hmm. um, about, how to, about how to prioritize those initiatives. And it gives you something to go back with when someone goes, hey, where's my feature? How come I didn't get that? Then at least you have some agreed upon method or scale of which to say, look, we've already agreed on this as prioritization aspects, right? What we're going to do when we ran your idea through those and this is kind of where it landed. And that can sometimes help, but... Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important for product managers to to have that conversation with stakeholders about how they're thinking through the Mm -hmm. prioritization so they can explain why they didn't do it. Um, I really, you know, I, I, I think the scoring models are a great way to to think through the process. The scoring model is a great way to have a conversation with stakeholders, but it in itself is not the answer. So for example, you know, if you, if the product manager's response to a stakeholder about why something didn't get in is, well, it scored a 52 and the cutoff was 55. You know, I think that, um, you know, it, it's all so subjective that, uh, you know, how, how can you really make that statement? But if they can say, well, this is the criteria that we're using to, de- to define whether something has high customer value. And the criteria can be anything you want, such as, you know, its ability to improve customer satisfaction or whatever criteria they're using. That's going to go down a lot better with stakeholders than simply pointing out, well, you know, the score wasn't high enough. That's true. And as to your point earlier, right, if your goals are measurable and there are metrics you can use to kind mm-hmm. of track those, then the advantage there is that you can show whether or not it's working, right? So we may disagree on which 
feature went which place, but at the end of the day, as long as those metrics against the goals that we want to accomplish keep showing that we're moving in the right direction, then that's really where you want at least your high-level stakeholders to be focused on anyway. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Now, I often say here, uh, right or wrong, that how you say something is often as important as what you say. And that's, I think, why the execution of the roadmap can be so critical. So talk to me a little bit then about what I should show different people with the roadmap. Mm, mm, very good question. Um, and this is something that this came up in the webinar. And it's something that we um, tackle regularly here at Product Plan. So the, 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 the information and the level of information and the type of information that you show different stakeholders really should vary. It really does depend on the audience. Um, uh, for example, the information that you share with the engineering team the, the roadmap that you share with the engineering team is probably very different than the roadmap that you would share with sales. And uh, just using those two examples, so with engineering, um, you probably want to be sharing the, 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 the roadmap on a shorter time frame, at least with the people that are executing the roadmap. You know, they, they may not need to know what's happening 12 months or 18 months out. Um, now, with, with engineering leadership, you, you do need to be spelling out that, that roadmap over the long term. And they probably need more detail. They need to know, you know from a platform, platform perspective, what is it that, that we need to be building or developing in order to, to implement that roadmap. And they probably need more specific dates. So the engineering team, especially if they're, you know, well, depending on their, the way that they're developing and whether they're agile and so on, they probably need more specific dates about what's going to be happening and when. But the sales team is different. The sales team needs to probably be even higher level. They may not care about those underlying platform initiatives. So, you know, the roadmap that you share with the sales team probably wouldn't show that lane of what's happening on the uh, from a platform perspective. And they probably don't need to know dates, um, at least the product, they, they may want to know dates, but the product manager, um, especially with the sales team, uh, probably should tread a little bit lightly because um, if, the, if the product manager is promising a specific time frame for delivery of, of a specific feature, that's going to get communicated to customers. And so you don't want to be creating the situation where the sales team is, is promising something that in the end will be shifting because of shifting priorities or resources change. And of course, resources are always limited. So, um, so the roadmap that you share with engineering and sales will be very different. And so we um, encourage uh, product managers to actually not show dates to the sales team. Um, so that way the, the product manager isn't doing a screenshot of something and, and stapling that to an agreement. Um, the, um, the other thing that you can do is bring it up a level. In product plan, we have different levels of information. Um, you can actually group together several initiatives um, into uh, what we call a container. And that container can be a, a theme or it can be an epic, some higher level way of describing what it is that you're going to be building. And um, so the, the product manager can, can show the big picture of what you're going to be doing with this theme, but they aren't necessarily describing the details underneath it because maybe the sales, doesn't need, the sales team does not need to know those details. So it really does depend, it depends on the audience. And of course, you know, the executive team needs a completely different view. They probably need a quarter by quarter view of what they're going to be developing um, and, uh, and then in marketing and so on. So 
so I think that it really does depend on the audience. And um, I think the this one size fits all roadmap is really not the way that things really work, especially larger corporate environments. Now, one of the questions from the webinar that we got in this area was around the idea of now, next, later, right? So uh, they had a newer development team, maybe with less known processes, and that's how they kind of did time. This is what we're doing now, then we're going to do next, that we're going to do later. And they were looking for your comments on that, your feedback on that approach. There are different ways of prioritizing, and that now, next, later is a, a good way of doing it. There's another one called, um, it's called Moscow analysis, um, where you, say, you, you categorize things based on must have, should have, could have, and would have. Um, so it's another way of kind of putting things into buckets. Um, and you know, the, this, this approach of um, using uh, the Kanban method, which is, you know, it's, here's, here's what we have for the future, here's what we're committing to, here's what we're currently developing, and here's what's completed. That's another way of thinking about it. Um, but this now, next, later method is a good way of doing it too. Um, and as a company becomes more, uh, I guess, larger and maybe a little more formal, the prioritization method can become more formal as well. Um, so that's when you get into weighted scoring and um, you know, this value versus benefit. Uh, model. So there are a lot of different ways. And, and certainly, uh, I, I think that the now, next, later approach is a great one for, for beginning companies because it allows, because you have a very small team that's, that might be making the decisions and will actually be executing on that, uh, on that backlog. Um, but you're also uh, very, you're, you're, things are changing very rapidly. And so you need a very rapid way of kind of thinking through these initiatives. And, and that may even change from sprint to sprint. Uh, if you're if you're using an agile development method. So we did get some questions around agile, and I know you mentioned product backlog a little bit earlier, but when and you you've touched upon this, but can you go in a little bit deeper about how the roadmap and the product backlog kind of intersect, or do they? That's good. Yeah, they oh they definitely intersect. Um, I I think the the confusion get, uh, comes from people that um, are maybe new to product management or um, or don't have formal product management where they begin to think about the backlog as the roadmap. And I, I think about it very differently. I think about the, the, the roadmap is the strategic view of what we're going to be building and why. So how does this tie back to the, the product goals that we have? And, and it's, usually off, it's usually at a higher level. So you would never find, you would never find tasks or bugs, or even some of these granular stories on the roadmap. And then the, the backlog is the execution of that roadmap. And that's where you begin to take these initiatives that are on the roadmap, and then you begin to break those down into the more granular stories and tasks and bugs and, and so on. So that, that's the way that I think about them uh, tying together. So one is the communication, the why of what we're gonna be doing. And then the backlog is the execution of that of that strategy. Would you explicitly call out the connections that between the two? So like with the backlog, an item on the backlog mention or reference the goal in the product roadmap it's meant to accomplish? Or are they so far apart in levels that that would be a fool's errand? Yeah, no, some, sometimes they, there is a connection. Um, in, in, in Agile, you're not um, necessarily tying things back to the strategy. 
But if you're writing good user stories, there's a user focus to it. You know, I as a as a product manager, you know, need to accomplish something, something so that right. So you're writing user focused stories, um, and those stories should and often do tie back to specific epics, and those epics are often the initiatives that you're seeing on the roadmap. So an epic, for example, um, might be. And we're going to develop an API. That's a big, that's a big task, right? And there are probably hundreds of things that need to occur, or stories that need to, um, you know, be written and estimated and developed in order to make that happen. On the roadmap, that API might be, you know, you might see on the roadmap API version 1.0, and that's this discrete item, and maybe you're going to be developing that over three months or six months, something like that. It ties back to the strategy. You want to have an API so that you can, for example, appeal to the enterprise market. And then, and then that, that epic of the API would then get usually shown within the whatever tool you're using to track the backlog, whatever project management tool you're using. For example, it might be Jira or it might be Pivotal Tracker. And that those epics are defined in there. So every story is going to tie back to or many stories will tie back to that API epic that you have, um, but it's um, but it's not necessarily tying back to so that we can go into the enterprise market. If that makes sense. Yes, it does absolutely. So, how often do we communicate our roadmaps to these various stakeholders? How often do we update them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not often enough. <laughs> I think that there are still yeah. some organizations out there that they define what their 2017 roadmap is going to be, and then it doesn't really it doesn't really shift. Um, but you know, I think it's important for product managers to uh, be great communicators. Um, I, I think that is the product manager's job is to you know not only solicit um, feedback and 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 information from their stakeholders, but to communicate it back to them about about what's happening. And and so I. I don't know the correct answer for how often, but a product manager, um, it, they should be communicating at least monthly with their with their stakeholders, telling them what's happening on the roadmap, and not not just the new features that um, are coming out, but rather you know having a discussion about why we're doing this and and what direction we're heading in, um, and that that that's a conversation that they should be having, and you know I think that uh, a lot of Product managers, they don't, they don't do that. They don't, they don't spell out the vision about why they're doing something and, and reviewing that roadmap. And of course, the in in a lot of environments, they're agile. And and I think about roadmaps as agile too. Roadmaps really should be these living documents that um, are updated, and stakeholders should know that the roadmap will change. So, so I think that it, it, the roadmap should change often and that product managers should be communicating regularly. Um, now, there are some products out there. So product plan, for example, uh, it can be shared over the web. Um, and the, a lot of our customers are giving their stakeholders self-service access to the roadmap. So people can go look at the roadmap whenever they want. They can click into it, get the details about why and how and, and so on. And so the roadmap becomes this even more of a living document because people can get self-service access. Well, and that certainly makes sure that you keep that up to date, doesn't it? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, force the hand. So I obviously love the idea of a strategic product roadmap. I like bringing up level, like tying it into goals and, and into the vision. But I know I've done this in my career and I'm sure other people have where they have inherited 
a very feature-heavy, feature-based road, and it can seem overwhelming to map from one to the other. So can you give them a maybe a little pep talk, uh, but be some hints about how they can do that? You know, I think that it depends on what level those features are. So if we're talking about a list of 100 or 150 items in a spreadsheet, that's a feature-heavy roadmap. Um, and I think that a product manager who inherits that, if they were to simply continue reviewing that with their stakeholders, you're gonna you're gonna miss you're gonna miss the forest for the trees. And your stakeholders are gonna miss the forest for the trees. And so one technique that product managers can do is to begin to roll up some of those features into themes. So a theme is usually a customer facing or a, there's there's some customer value behind it. So um, I, I think in the webinar I used the example of um, an e-commerce company, and they might be making some improvements to the shopping cart experience. Okay, so maybe they have maybe they want to improve shopping cart completion. So within that theme of shop improving shopping cart completion, there might be a dozen different features that you'll need to implement um, in order to make that happen. And of course, there are metrics that tie back to it. You want to know, well, how much are we going to improve shopping cart completion? How do we know that we're successful? Um, so if you're, if you're inheriting a roadmap that has a dozen features that are related to improving the shopping cart experience, it might be helpful to roll those up into a, a theme. Um, and so start begin to aggregate these, uh, these different features together into themes. Um, so that's one that's one technique that they can that they can use. And, you know, I, I, I think that from a product manager's perspective and the engineering team's perspective, you know, they want the management, they want executives and stakeholders to know that they're making progress. And so there's a real desire to show, wow, we did this and this and this and this. And I'm not saying that you don't do that. You know, certainly if, when if you have a release plan or you have your monthly meeting describing what's coming out in the next release. It, you know, certainly list out all of those features, um, but for roadmap communication, explaining the why behind what you're doing it, bring it up a level um, so that, you know, you're, you're not showing, you're not making people's eyes glaze over during these meetings. Perfect. All right. So another big thing when they've inherited this big roadmap that they need to improve would be, you know, the excuses come up and some of them are tools. I don't have the right tools. What tools do they really need and what tools can really bring this up a level as well? Yeah, definitely. They, um, so, you know, we, we create product roadmap software, um, and there are a lot of benefits of using software like ours, but I'm not necessarily advocating that you have to have software in order to be an effective product manager. I think that now is a great time to be a product manager because there are so many great resources out there, both educational resources, blogs, books. Um, for example, we uh, created a, a book on product roadmaps. Uh, it's about a 70 page long book uh, that, that uh, people can download uh, from productplan.com slash book. Um, and it's a, it's a great resource. Um, and there are tools now for product managers. So there are tools like, um, like product plan. Um, and there are great uh, techniques for thinking about about products, there is the. I, I'm an advocate of the business model canvas, for example, as a way of thinking about new products and new services. Um, so, you know, I think that product managers can arm themselves with these products and tools to make it easier. But really, at the end of the day, I think it's it's about 
being a great communicator. It's about being a great diplomat. It's about being able to say no effectively. And uh, so I, you know, I think that I think that product managers simply armed with a, a pad of paper and a pen can be a really effective product manager. But then there are these. Then there are products out there like Product Blend that that make it easier, that save time, that you know make it make a great looking product roadmap um, without um, you know needing to spend hours in uh, in PowerPoint. Great, great. All right. So this was a great discussion, and we talked about a lot of different things. If you were to pick two things that you wanted people to do differently tomorrow, based on what we talked about today, what mm -hmm. would it be? Oh, great question. So the first thing is. I didn't talk about this enough, I think, which is engage uh, closely with your customers to make sure that the roadmap that you're developing ties back to true customer value. And I think there's a tendency in organizations to, um, to think just around the executive table uh, and not get out and engage with customers to really define this thing that we think should be on the roadmap. Is it the right thing? Um, so there's there's not enough of that. And the second thing is to to bring the roadmap up a level um, and to show strategically, meaning show the why behind what it is that you're building and how does that tie back to the company goals and that in turn, how does that help us achieve the vision that we've set out for the company or for the product? I have those are two great things. I, I think that if people could, could start to implement those, they'd see great improvements in their products and their companies mm -hmm. and, and in their own career. So good advice, Jim. And thank you, Jim, so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure to have you and I hope you'll join us again soon. Yeah. Thank you, Rebecca. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. All right. And thank you all for listening. Be sure to check back next week for our next edition of Pragmatic Live.